Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. I want you to get up right now and go to the window, open it, and stick your head out and yell, I'm as mad as hell and I'm not going to take this anymore! And now... Hammer and Nigel go off the rails with Rob Kendall. The noise pollution. My name is Nigel. Jason Hammer is here. Rob Kendall from Kendall and Casey here to go off the rails. Rob, how are you? Great. Thanks as always to our segment sponsor, Garage Doors of Indianapolis. Where do you want to start? We start nationwide. We start locally here, like with Holcomb and the State of the State address this week. How fired up and pumped were you for that last State of the State address this week from uh, High Tax Holcomb, as you've dubbed him? Well, I mean, what a just a pathetic disgrace this guy has been for the past seven years. And I would say you can't get rid of him fast enough, but I'm sure whatever uh, replacement the establishment insert in there will be just as bad, if not worse. I mean, you know, you listen to this guy and I I was thinking back, like if we're there's the defining moment of what Holcomb is and just what a just a piece of human trash that guy is. And I go back to the early days of COVID where there were a group of people who were by him by a single stroke of a pen, because, of course, the Republican Party in this state didn't stand up to him, never fought back against him, never said a single solitary bad word about him. a lot of butt sniffers. Oh, my goodness. Just pathetic. And And three years later, four years later, same stuff. I mean, he could do everything he did then he could do it today the republicans have done nothing to stop him and i think about that moment where you know early on there's a you know these people are out of work they've had their businesses closed and they're saying wait a second we don't want anything from you we don't want your money we don't want your handouts all we want because it became very obvious very early on that unless you were in a certain age or comorbidity this thing you were probably if you got it you were gonna be okay and there was no yeah there's no reason the overwhelming majority of the populace couldn't have gone to work and continued to function and let's still protect the people who need protected and they have that rally outside the governor's mansion and they were sure. peaceful and they were law-abiding and they picked up their trash and there were no police incident nobody reports. threw bricks nothing nothing nobody got whatsoever. shot and that d- just disgusting piece of garbage calls those people a human petri dish no empathy no i you know i feel your pain no i'm 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 sorry this is happening he went on the offense against the people who simply said we have the data on this we have months of data on this now we know who's vulnerable we're willing to take the risk we want to go to work and his response to those people was well you're a human petri dish then you compare and contrast that with how he treated uh, the riots after the first night of riots oh, yeah. when he came out and called that a noble cause and then had the VIP meet and greet with Malik Muhammad, who, according to which report you believe, and nobody's ever actually refuted this with any sort of evidence, he lets him write part of the police reform bill and allowing Malik Muhammad to skate out the door means that he's now in Portland for att- uh, in jail in Portland for yeah. attempted to kill cops. So if you're a law-abiding, tax-paying citizen who simply wants your business open to be able to go to work, you are a human petri dish in Holcomb's eyes. But if you're Malik Muhammad, hey, red carpet meet and greet for you, buddy. Boy, nobody holds a grudge like Rob Kendall, right? <laughs> I gotta tell you, that's where he lost me too, though, Rob. 
I mean, all those people deserve an apology, but yes. it is a synopsis of his entire administration and what he believes. Eric Holcomb, never forget, was dead last in a U.S. Senate primary. He was completely out of money. His campaign was now centered around shooting baskets in all 92 counties because when he had to stand on his own, people looked at him and said, you're a doofus and a weirdo. Go away. But he was the dream candidate for the donor and lobbyist crowd because they knew all the years, the track record, that there was nobody that would be a better friend than Eric Holcomb. And magically, he went from dead last in a U.S. Senate primary to governor in the same year. What do you know? You know, go back to Malik Muhammad for just a second. And again, I think that is part of the legacy of Governor Holcomb. This was a cat that led a group up and down the street. Um, they were very anti-police. They were making some chants that were... Uh, Saying horrible things towards police. Horrible uh, things you know, towards threatening. police. Threatening... He got a one-on-one with the governor, but people who did not want a handout, they just wanted the ability to open up their store or their business to other people who wanted the freedom to go out, they were called names. Yeah, and and you look at Malik Muhammad threatened to seize the governor's mansion on live TV. He's quoted after the, the, the siege or the attempted siege or whatever you want to call it. I went here expecting to die today. I mean, you remember watching that fold out, oh, sure. out on live TV, and you're like, this is something out of a movie. This now is- he's locked up for attempted murder of police officers on the Pacific Coast. Because Holcomb not only let him go, but emboldened him and propped him up. And so you look at Holcomb's entire time in office. What has it been? It has been bringing in foreign companies. It has bringing in foreign workers. It has been bringing in out-of-state workers. It has been erecting bright, shiny objects. Under Eric Holcomb, the government in the state of Indiana, what whether you love him, hate him, whatever, no one can refute this. The taxes have never been higher. The government has never been bigger in size. The government has never been bigger in cost. And the government has never been bigger in scope. He has made, he is an elitist. He, hell, the guy went to the World Economic Forum for, for crying out loud. Yeah. And that is how he judges his success. How many bright, shiny objects got erected? How much could he change the landscape of the state of Indiana? How much could he change the, the way of life in the state of Indiana? And, and by that, by that standard, he has been a resounding success to his rich donor and lobbyist friends. And this is what I love about this radio station, WIBC, because the trolls and the haters, that station's just right-wing talking points. It's not the case. If you listen to this station, we rip Republicans, we rip Democrats. Nobody's been bigger critics of Republicans than this radio station, I think, especially right. the gentleman sitting my right over here across I, from me. I just look at this and I, I, I mean, I loathe this guy. And oh, I know it's not it's not an act. It's not funny to me. You know, I think of the damage this guy did and the it's not the just the damage he did during covid, but it's the arrogant way in which he did it, where he wagged his finger on like some phony moral high horse. Remember the time he gives these edicts to people on when you can open and how you can open and how many people you can have at your backyard barbecue. And that night. He goes down to his taxpayer-funded cabin in southern Indiana and takes a photograph without a mask with a bunch of strangers as he's going in to get his food. And once again, there's nothing from anybody in the Indiana Republican Party. Never any condemnation and never any pushback. They were on board with all of it. We spoke to uh, Senator Mike Braun the other day, who's running to be the governor, and we brought up taxes. You've dubbed Eric Holcomb high-tax Holcomb. Yeah. I think it's important for our show, your show, and even the people listening, 
If you're going to interact with somebody who wants to be the governor or somebody who wants to be an elected official, they have to know taxes are an issue. Because I'm not sure a lot of these candidates think taxes are a huge deal when honestly it's the biggest critique of these people we get on our show yeah and like with braun i mean braun voted for the largest tax increase in indiana history the tax on gas which is still going up every single year he voted for 40 plus tax increases when he went that final year in the general assembly before he ran uh for the for the u.s senate 2017 so uh, none of these people you're right there's no priority for any of them you've got suzanne crouch out there with this axe the tax thing nobody believes she's going to make the cuts necessary she was right there next to holcomb when he was jacking everything up absolutely and she was just hugging him the other night and she's trying to run against him now and so nobody believes that there's no confidence of the five who are running i have no confidence in 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 any of them that they're going to do it no confidence but who's your pick who's going to emerge if this were on a sports betting app and you had 25 dollars to bet who's the winner oh it's going to be braun I mean, Braun is unoffensive enough, and the voting public is apathetic enough, and these people he's running against are inept enough. I mean, nobody's hitting him on voting for all these tax increases. It amazes me that he's clearly the front. I mean, his Mike Braun's ads are insulting. His ads are like a, he's still running for U.S. Senate. There's nothing about anything he's going to do in in the state of Indiana or how he's going to help you. The thing that I loved was he was totally flippant in the summer on the property tax thing. Then he got barked at a whole bunch by people when we pointed out how flippant he was. We asked them about it the other day. You went on, he went on your guy's show and he gives this mealy mouth meandering answer because you can't pin the guy down on anything, which means he's not going to do anything. When you say there's apathy in voters in Indiana, what do you mean? I just think people are disengaged. I think they're disinterested. I don't think people believe in anybody anymore. I don't think they can make people think they can make any difference. And the Republicans use that to their advantage. It is why the Republicans have become the party of big government, because records and results don't matter anymore. They're in the legalized vote buying game. They've taken it to a new level and they do every budget every single year. They made a billion dollar mistake with Medicaid. One billion dollars and not a single person has been fired because of that. And in 2025, you guys will come back here and we'll we'll see how right I am. They are going to have to plug that hole, and it is going to be through more tax increases. They're not going to streamline the government. They're not going to cut the government. Your taxes are going to go up, and the government's going to continue to grow. Rob, I know we went to the Pacers game last night, but I was really just trying to lift your spirits <laughs> because I knew how upset you were that Chris Christie had bowed out of the race. Uh, <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um who was the guy? Stockdale was the guy who was uh, Perot's vice presidential candidate, and he gave the famous thing at the debate, I know what you're thinking. Who am I? Why am I here? <laughs> That's the same thing with Chris Christie. The guy ran on a revenge tour, and he raised something like $12 million off being a guy whose whole purpose and reason to be there was to go after Donald Trump. And I think the people, the power brokers, the money brokers have spoken and said, we're uniting around Nikki Haley, and your well is dry, buddy. And mm-hmm. so get out now and try to save some face on this. But what a pathetic person Chris Christie is. He was a terrible governor. He was a corrupt governor. And he's been a horrible candidate not once but twice now for president. Did any of these events last night, whether it's that debate on CNN, DeSantis v. Haley, or the Trump town hall on Fox, 
any of these move the needle for you or really anybody? Like, what information can we get that we haven't got already at this point? Like, if I told you guys you have a choice, you can either take a tire iron and smack yourself between the <laughs> eyes with it or watch a debate between Nikki Haley and Ron DeSantis. Which which one are you choosing? I like Ron DeSantis. I really do. I think he would be the best at governing if he became the president, but he's not charismatic. He's a little socially awkward, and because the presidency has become American Idol, it's hard for him yeah. to win. You know, there was a cartoon when I was a kid, it was called uh, uh, Captain Planet, and the premise was all these guys had rings who were in charge, they were planet savers, and when they put all the rings together, they could create a superhero called Captain Planet. And that's kind of why I look at these candidates, like if you could take Ron DeSantis and Donald Trump and they could put their rings together and they could make a super candidate, it'd be awesome. Like if, if DeSantis could have Trump's charm and charisma and, you know, likability, <laughs> I, but it just—it's not, and it didn't happen, and we're, we're going to be stuck. Does with a Trump. vice presidential pick matter? No. Does it matter? Like ultimately, like you think I mean, Trump's going to be going to this person, going, "Hey, what do you what do you think about this?" I mean, no. I just—I think Trump is on a revenge tour, and this is what I worry about because. If he gets in there, I have no idea what he's going to do for the country. I haven't heard a vision for the country. I haven't heard how he's going to accomplish things. He seems more hell-bent, basically, not more, but hell-bent on just settling old scores. Now, he said the opposite last night. I think I heard the soundbite. You played it on your show. He said, I'm not going to yeah. be doing revenge. going to be busy. I'm going to be busy doing other things. But everything, every speech he gives, every tweet he makes, or truth, or whatever it is, it's the exact opposite of that. Can you tell me one concrete policy? I mean, I would solve Ukraine-Russia in 24 hours is not a concrete policy. Can you guys tell me one drill, baby, drill is not, it's not a I mean, it's kind of a vague policy, but that's not, there's nothing specific. In 2015 and 16, he had specific things he wanted to do that you could visualize and see this is how the country's going to be better. There's none of that this time. It's just hate and revenge. So last night at the Pacers yeah. game, you and I had a very interesting conversation about the living Mount Rushmore of Indiana basketball legends. Yeah, that was great. We had this conversation early today. I want to get Nige involved okay. here. Since Bob Knight, Slick Leonard, and George McGinnis have passed away, who are the four greatest Indiana basketball icons alive today? Yeah. Larry Bird is on that That's list. That's who I was going to say, Bird. Uh, Reggie Miller is on that list. Bobby Plump, Mylan, last shot is on the list. Damon Bailey? I don't think he makes the list. No? This is where our debate comes in. Is it Steve Alford, who uh, was he's up there, yeah. All-American, yeah, gold yeah. medal winner, Didn't think about national that. champion, or is it Oscar Robertson, who was part of that iconic Addicts team? You know, they were a trailblazers. But who's more synonymous with being associated with Indiana? And that's a hard one. And so, you know, I was talking with my dad earlier about this as well, and because I mentioned Damon Bailey. And it's just, I don't know if, because he was just kind of a high school grade. I mean, he was pretty good at Indiana, but he didn't win a national championship. They, you know, didn't win a gold medal. Right, exactly. So I think you got to narrow it down to Alford and, and Oscar Robertson. And I don't think you can go wrong with either one. What's coming up on the big show tomorrow? Well, uh, we're going to find out. Bi Biden is apparently very mad that Hunter was seen in the nude again, this time on a <laughs> water slide of some sort. Maybe he'll buy a lewd nude dude in the news t shirt from the Hammer and Nigel Show merch store. Store at hammerandnigel.com. Thanks as always to Garage Doors of Indianapolis. He's off the rails. He's Rob Kendall. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show.